You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the last show of the year and the last show for a couple of weeks because next weekend um, I'm going away with my lovely wife for a naughty weekend. So there you go. Uh, So we won't be doing a show next week. Um, Anyway, I am joined today by the lovely Nick Riley. Hello, Nick. I'm lovely Nick Riley. That's a good way of describing me. (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever had anyone say I was a lovely Nick Riley, but thank you. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, joined for the third time, I am joined by Mac Jim. Hello, James. Hello there. Nice day in Scotland here. Beautiful sun, sunny. Is it? Nice and dry. Well, I don't think it's been raining here, but um, I must admit I haven't poked my head out the door. So, uh... Yeah, it's a bit, it's just a bit grey here. Not very cold, but just grey. Yeah, I think that's probably how I'd describe it, actually. Um, a bit murky, that sort of, that sort yes. of weather. Not, not I'm surprised by the number of people who complain about how cold it's been when we've had such a mild winter. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> had hard, hardly any frosts at all. No, no, hardly any frost. And um, yesterday I went um, with my daughter. I went with uh, Cutie Melon and I took the bus because uh, currently I'm without a car. And um, uh, we took the bus and went into, into town, um, you know, to do the teenage shopping thing of just literally strolling around the shops and uh i was only wearing you know a fleece no no jacket or anything um yeah and and there were all these people walking around in huge you know like puffer jackets with great thick hats on and i thought yeah i'd i'd have opted not to do that i was a little chilly at a couple of times but i thought yeah i know if i put my coat on i'll be after five minutes walking along the high street i'll be soaked in sweat so was, uh, it was not really cold at all. It was about nine, ten degrees yesterday. So there you go. Yeah, they reckon tomorrow's going to be up in figures. It's amazing at this yeah. time of the year. I know. I popped, in, I popped into Glasgow yesterday and it was very mild. Yep, it's definitely not been a hard winter so far, that's for sure. So, uh, well, I don't know how long this show is going to go because there are bugger all stories, to be honest. Um, certainly almost nothing to do with Apple. Um, but I think uh, we can talk a, cu- a couple of, you know, things about our Christmas gifts. So, um, Nick, you said you'd got something you were going to tell everybody about. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll tell you, first of all, about my exciting journey up to Sheffield. So my brother lives in Sheffield. Um, we went. I went up there yesterday. And um, um, many of you who have listened to the show for a while will know that I own an electric car. Uh, and I had one or two little errands to run before I went. And then I had to go and pick up my sister uh, and brother-in-law. And then we made our way up. And I thought I'd got plenty of range. You know, <laughs> as you do with electric cars, you think, oh, I've got loads of range. No problem at all. And we got to the um, we, we got to Chesterfield, which is, uh, I suppose, about, I'm not sure how far Chesterfield is away, five five or six miles from Sheffield. And 
<laughs> the mileage on my odometer was saying 11 miles. And I thought, oh, maybe I've got this a bit fine. <laughs> anyway, we did, we did manage to make it. We didn't have to push the car, but uh, we were down to, there is a point on most electric cars where they want to frighten you into saying you've got to recharge it by just blanking all the displays. Mm. So you just end up with dotted lines. It doesn't tell you how far you can go. <laughs> well, my, and I was down to that point. My car, uh, obviously, which is you know, internal combustion, has the same thing. It, it, the, um, you know, the, it has a fuel gauge which has an estimated distance remaining. Um, but if you get down to 20 miles, it then not only does it keep flashing things at you saying low fuel, refuel now, but again, yeah, it blanks out all the, you know, estimated distance remaining. So <laughs> you, you have to kind of then manually work on, well, I had 20 miles when it went. So let me, you know. Uh... Yeah. So I, I didn't exactly have range anxiety because I've grown used to the car over the years. But I certainly, I kept saying to my brother, brother-in-law and my sister, it'll be fine. We'll make it. We'll make it okay. thinking. I wonder if I'm going to, so there is a mode on electric cars when they get to the very lowest part. So they never allow you to use the whole battery because no. that would damage the batteries. So what they what they do is that they have they warn you low battery at about uh, well, it varies from car to car, but say about fourteen uh, percent something like that. It'll say low battery, and then at about six or seven percent, it'll say very low battery, and then at some point it gets to a point where it goes into what's called turtle mode, and it's called turtle mode because a little turtle appears on the on the dashboard, and it restricts the battery power, and it basically is saying, fill up within the next mile or you really are going to run out. <laughs> and not, I've never, ever got that low. So um, in all the years that I've, I've owned an electric car for, what, uh, six years now? And I've never, ever gone down to turtle mode. But, I've, you know, I've got close once or twice. <laughs> so you've got a leaf. A, a leaf, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I um, follow quite a few um, YouTube um, electric car owners and... Uh, yeah, that's, I've noticed that before. Um, yeah, indeed. It, I think it happens to us all at one point or another. Yeah. I think once uh, once they actually get the battery technology, so when it gives us... Uh, I mean, in all honesty, I think everyone's going to have range anxiety at, with an electric car at some point because we yeah. all misjudge, don't we? I've run out of fuel in, in a petrol car, so it, <laughs> yeah. it happens. And I can't what the figure is for the number of people that have to be rescued because they've run out of petrol but it's no, quite high it's quite a lot because it's it, quite a lot when you you think of the number of people in the uk <laughs> it's more i think it's it's easier to do than people think because if you, you you're going somewhere and then you look at the tank and it's gone into the you know you're on low yes and then you're not sure exactly how far you've got and if you're um i mean the closest i've got to that is where i was I was somewhere where I didn't know where any of the fuel stations were. Now, luckily on my car, you can bring up, you know, show me the nearest fuel station. Yeah. We'll try and direct you there. But I was like really, really low on fuel. And, you know, I had to make it to the next junction on the dual carriageway before I could turn off to then, you know, navigate where I have, you know, two or three miles to get to a, to a petrol station. So, you know, I could have quite easily at that point probably run out of fuel. Um, so, no, yeah, the, the, um, the only reason people go on about range anxiety in, in electric cars is because at the minute there are petrol stations everywhere. There are not electric top-up points yes. everywhere. 
Yeah, but also, yeah, yeah, but also the way, a lot of the stuff, it's, uh, the ideas of electric cars, a lot of ideas um, people have in their heads about electric cars are based on the early cars where the, the range was maybe about 90 miles. Uh, mm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Most yeah. modern cars now, electric cars now have, you know, 100 odd, 200 odd mile, mm. maybe 300, 300 mile range. And yeah, guess, it will become more and more common yeah. over time. And we were yeah. talking last week about battery technology and changing and improving uh, and new types of batteries coming along, which charge up in five minutes. You know, it's, it's, the argument against electric cars is going away. Yeah, it'll just it'll be it'll be good to some to see some actually come to market because there's an awful lot of um, mm-hmm. an awful lot of stories with that never actually come to anything. Yeah. Um, because and, and when they try and scale it up, it becomes impossible. Yeah, and papers like to give you the bad impression. It may, it sells brand new. Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course, yeah. They're, they're not the um, story about an electric car. <laughs> no, that's right. Anyway, so that so that was exciting. I don't do that very often, uh, run down that low. Um, but yes, what I had for Christmas, my brother-in-law bought me a Canon. I really should turn the light on. I can't see anything in this uh, light. <laughs> Um, Zoemin, Zoe Mini. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Z O E M I N I, Zoe Mini. Right. Uh, printer. I think it's a little thermal printer. I haven't really uh, played with it properly yet. I'm charging it at this moment. It's about it's a little bit bigger than a pack of cards, um, and comes with you know about twenty sheets that you can uh, print instant photos on, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and it's battery charged, so you can carry it around with you. So. You know, if you take a picture and someone says, oh, that's good, you you could have this little one. (laughs) So I thought that was a nice, that was a nice thought of my, all my family know I'm into gadgets in a big way. So we'll see how effective it is when I actually have it charged and having it working, all feedback. (laughs) Have you you actually printed anything with it yet? Uh, Not yet. No, no, it's still charging. So Mm -hmm. I'll wait until that's done before I actually have a go. Canon Zoe Minim, Mini Portable Photo Printer Black. Pocket-sized printer for instant photos on the moon. Creates fun 2 by 3 inch sticker photo. Oh, that's Z- right. They said you could stick stick them on things. And... Z-Ink, no-ink technology. Um, about £100 by the look of it. So, yeah. Oh, it's very, very generous often then. Yeah, it's, a, it's like, um, I guess it's the sort of... Um, uh, Polaroid of the modern age. Yeah, yeah, good. I would think so. Yeah, that's a good way of describing it. Oh, you can get all sorts of things. You can get little photo stands and photo albums. Yes, I'm just and a soft it. case to carry it in. Yeah. Are you able to? Is it, does it save copies of the pictures into a, you know, into the machine like like a memory stick or something? I like don't or? think so. No, no. I think it's Bluetooth connected, and it just sends the. So, to be so pretty you're basically better. relying on the camera to yeah um, yeah yeah oh there you go i hadn't actually looked at it online but the, yes that that's the one is except mine the one I, picture i've got here is of a black one and i've got a white one <laughs> yeah, with all my apple stuff apparently <laughs> of, oh look yes here we go available in uh, looks like it's available in rose gold black or white yeah Ooh, quite a nice little thing. So yeah, I, I, I say I'll feed back in a, in a later show what the pictures are like, but uh, I think it's just a bit of fun, really. I think it's probably more of a yeah. I, it's um, 
probably a little bit pricey for for a student, but it's the sort of thing that people are constantly taking selfies might be, um, you know, inclined yeah, to. Yeah, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Or a RT or a, that kind of thing. Yeah, but um, yeah, nice little thing. Very nice. So that was very kind of them. Yes, it's a nice little thing. I got um, I have a new uh, Apple Watch uh, Series Three. Oh, excellent. Um, so, you know, doesn't you know doesn't really look or feel any different to the previous one. So, from... <laughs> so, so what does it do over over the the original one you had? Um, well, it, it runs the latest OS. That's something. Because um, yes, the one I had, I think, stopped at OS four. Watch OS four. Um, right. I I don't really know. There must be a couple of things it does that the other one didn't. But I haven't actually bothered to um, check. Oh, I know one thing it does. It it measures some um, elevation. So if you go for a walk, not only does it tell you how many steps you've done and calories you've burned, this will now tell yeah. you how much um, elevation you have apparently climbed. Oh, uh, wasn't the uh, what you had the series zero, didn't you? The yes, original one. Yeah, I've got. I had that... zero. That wasn't waterproof, was it? I don't think. Uh, it was. It was not rated as fully waterproof. Um, yeah. Whereas the the one you've got, the three, will be. You can swim in it. And right. Yeah. The, the other one. Yeah. The um the series zero, I think, was described as showerproof, wasn't it? I think yes. when it first came yeah. out, Uncle Tim said that he, you know, was quite happy to wear it in the shower. I tend to take all my jewellery off when I have a shower, but let's not go into that. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I have no real desire to have a shower with my watch on. You know, I don't. I don't. I'm not sure it would do the. Uh, I bought a leather strap for mine. I don't think it'd do the leather strap any no, good getting into the shower. <laughs> no, exactly. But um, but that's you know that's nice. The main thing really for me of having a, a series three is not um so much to gain anything as to simply be stay, compatible. Yeah, stay compatible. Um, I've given my previous series zero to uh, Cutie Melon, who's very pleased with it. So um, jolly good. That's very nice. Um, and there we go. And I bought my wife uh, the the iPad, the you know the was it ten inch? Oh, the new one. Yeah. Oh, excellent. I went into um, we've got a we've got a um, a, you know a third party retailer in um, Sutton Coalfield, and uh, I popped in just before Christmas. I was doing my last tiny bit of Christmas shopping, and thought and I always pop in if you know to have a look at all the latest kit. They'd got the sixteen uh, inch MacBook Pro, which looked very nice. Um, but I also had to look at all the different iPads, and some some of them look really nice. I mean, the was it is it the eleven? There's an eleven inch one that's um, um, where where the screen goes right near the edge. That's a really nice piece of kit. I mean, this yeah, is, so, this there's, there's the eleven, a twelve inch uh, iPad Pro. Um, I think it's a ten, right? Is, is, is the air not a ten inch? Isn't the isn't the latest one? The one I bought my wife basically is the latest, you know, the the quote unquote cheap one. Yeah. People who don't need a pro, so it's not got quad speakers and all that. But it, it it is compatible with the pencil now if you want to do that, or the crayon if you want to do that. Has that one has that one got a fairly thin, a reasonably thin bezel around the outside? Yes. Yes. Oh well, maybe it was that one I was looking at. I thought it looked really nice. Yes, it does. It's it's um basically it it doesn't it doesn't really look any different to the older um the older iPads. Yeah. But they they yes they basically shrunk the bezels um to get in many ways. Now they've got so much choice that it's actually quite difficult for the the average person coming off the street to actually mm. make a decision over which one to buy because <laughs> there's quite a few that are. 
all fairly similarly similarly sized. Yes. Um, and unless you know that you know the different features and that one's a pro and one isn't, and yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, um, it must be quite difficult to make that decision. It, it could be. I mean, I you know I I know that my wife has no need of any of the pro features, and um, I don't have that sort of money to spend anyway. But uh, well, no, no. But I mean, nice, as I say, it's a it is quite really nice looking screen. It was a it's very mm. nice. Um, it. Um, because she had uh, the uh, iPad Mini Re, I think. But right. That's getting a bit long in the tooth now. Um, so I, I thought she'd uh, she'd like a new one. So the new, bigger, shinier iPad is what I bought her. Um, and yeah, I was just now, looking at the spec for that. That's that's a ten inch the new yeah, iPad. That's the one. Um, yeah. So there we go. And. Uh, my boy has been spoilt rotten because he's had a uh, PlayStation VR. Oh, very nice. Yes, which he, um, you know, he was spoilt rotten getting that. Um, and we've had great fun um, watching him shriek like a girly when he puts on the when he puts on the jump scare <laughs> gap things. Um, <laughs> yeah, but he, he had this. He put on this thing because when you're playing it, you it if you want, you can have it on the TV so everybody around can see what you're seeing. Oh right, okay, that's cool. So you could, if you're playing a VR game, everybody else can see what you're doing. But obviously, if you've got the headset on, you're kind of, you know, you have the full 3D experience and the headphones and everything. Um, and there's a, a, a short little game that came with it called the London Heist, which is um, it only it only takes about 20 minutes to play through, and it involves you, you know, shooting people and all sorts of stuff. But anyway, that that's that's quite, and the controls for that are really simple. You've only got like pick up, shoot, put down. That's about all there is to it. But um, I have to say, it's it's very, you know, it's good fun. Um, I I bought uh, for ten pounds yesterday when I was in town. I picked up Resident Evil Seven VR. Um, oh, that's um, <laughs> that should keep him, you know, well puckered up, shall we say? <laughs> because I've played Resident Evil, and that tends to have a lot of jump scares in it. Doing it in um in VR could be really quite. Uh, you know, disturbing, I suspect. But he likes that sort of yeah. thing. It's been a while since I... I mean, I bought an Oculus Go some time ago, um, which I do like very much, but I just, I, it, it's one of those things where you, when you put it down and you forget about it, and it's, then it's never charged when you when you think, oh, maybe I'll... Oh, it's not charged. Yeah. Well, luckily, this one <laughs> um, doesn't... You don't have to charge this because you just plug it into your... You know, just plugged into your PlayStation. Yeah. It is cool, though. I like some of the 3D stuff, um, the immersive stuff. It's... Uh, you can do so many things these days. I mean, I love the, uh, there's one that enables you to use Google Maps. All right. Um, and you can sort of look around you on the Google Map. It's it's quite remarkable. Yeah, that would uh, be and, cool. and it, it can randomly place you somewhere on the planet. and You can have a look around. And Yeah, I can imagine, especially, in, 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 and also, I would imagine if you have, like, Street View, you could do, you know, you could effectively virtually explore places like Florence. Yeah, well, this is a little bit like that. It's a little bit like Street View, but, uh, uh, and you can move around in the same way as you can it, on the uh, the web browser version where you just click on the road ahead. And, and move along, were. yeah. And move cool. along. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That might be, uh, yeah, that would be, that would be rather pleasant, I would have 
thought actually, and I'm, um, I, I know I've heard people before, you know, saying that that's the sort of thing that um, people get into, you know, kind of virtual tourism. You might not be able to afford to go to Florence or Las Vegas or whatever, but you could have a, you know, a virtual experience thereof. So um, yeah, that's right. We shall we shall see whether or, whether or you know whether the novelty of uh, VR wears off. I don't I won't know, but uh, we shall see. I hope it doesn't because it wasn't cheap. <laughs> Well, I think it. I mean, I think it does after a long while. But I mean, I I had I only stopped using my Oculus Go about a couple of months ago, and I've been using it for probably twelve months at least, on and off. Um, it, there's plenty of material out there for. So yeah, um, kids are lucky, aren't they? <laughs> just, aren't they just these days. Just think, yeah. What was it? Yeah, when I was a kid, you were lucky if you got one of those uh, things that looked like a pair of binoculars that you used to click the to put discs in, didn't you? Kaleidoscope. No, no, not the kaleidoscope. The, the, no. What was the, the thing that was like a? Oh, the like oh, oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, I know had, what you mean. And it had a, like a disc that you put in it, and then you click the lever on the side to change the view. Uh, it was a stereo. Yeah, stereo. stereo Stereoscope. Yeah. 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 But they had, a, they had a really common name. Everybody kind of had one. It was one of those things that everybody of my age, you know, either had one or had a friend who had one. There we are. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was, what's that? It's my wife saying I never had one, but I was hard done to as a child. I think they were probably fallen out. <laughs> I think you'd find that they'd probably fallen out of favour as you're a bit younger than me, dear. They're very much a you know of a certain time. I think you'll find. Oh dear. And um, there's a story here as we were talking about electric motors. Uh, James, you put this one in, didn't you? Check out the world's first all-electric fire engine. Um, yes, it did. Yeah. No. It seems to be still on test. Yeah. Well, I would. I would think. See, these are the sort of things where I think um, this is the sort of thing that definitely should be go. You know, going all electric because how far do fire engines have to drive? You know, you don't have to be able to go three hundred miles in a fire engine, do you? Yeah, and, and the thing is, for a fire engine, what you need is a lot of torque, and mm. yeah, electric motors are very good for that. <laughs> and I assume. Well, I could make out. So yeah, I'm going to say what 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 it can make out is it's got a it's a hybrid um, electric vehicle so it maybe runs electric but it's got a backup generator so it can sit at a, you know, an incident and not run out of power. Hmm. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Says an all electric fire engine, but I, I'm sure it said in the, the wee video it came along with the report that they do have a, a backup. Well, the last thing you want is for your fire engine to run out of power. Yeah. To, yeah. To, <laughs> to pump water, do you? <laughs> That'd well, be was, bad. Yeah, there was some story about uh, a police force having problems with a chase that they did, and then ran out of power, but they had forgotten to charge it. Yeah. Oh yes, I yes yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, you do have to charge them up. It's yeah, a little bit yeah, like, like saying, "Yeah, we chased after the rubber, but we ran out of petrol." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's the same. You don't fill up with petrol now. You know, run out of petrol. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's hardly a fault of the electric vehicle, is it? That's um, that's the same as you say. Yeah, we were chasing him, and but we got to put any fuel in. It's a bit like a, a friend of mine was a policeman for for several years, and he was not popular when he accidentally put diesel in the uh, patrol car. Uh oh. Oh no, but it wasn't. <laughs> 
<laughs> Whoops. And um, the other, I've got a story. Apple patent filing involves immersive computer-generated reality experience uh, on Apple World Day while we're talking about VR. Yet another patent, um, one of dozens, it says here, uh, that Apple's filed for a method and system for representing a virtual object in the view of a real environment. So there you are. I think it's fairly clear from all these patents that Apple are really, really um, heavily into this whole AR, VR. Yeah, I think I think the big the big stumbling point with all of these things, though, is 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 how you display them. Mm. Um, it's a little bit like of, there's a lot of cars around now, new new cars that are coming up, electric cars and petrol and diesel cars that have these little slide up plastic. Um, uh, eight uh, heads up displays which are okay but what you really want is for it to appear on the windscreen mm. um and, and i think that's the the stumbling block is always getting it to appear natural yes i mean vr headsets are great fun but none of it feels very natural no not um, that is, um, um, and maybe when apple get round to their um their device, whatever it ends up being, um, hopefully we'll have something that actually feels natural to use because that's the important thing. People don't want to feel sick or cross-eyed or (laughs) (laughs) or all of those things. They just need things to appear as if they're in the real world. And I know that's hard, but that's what people want. I know know you can actually get, like, uh, you know, head-up display um, projectors for your car, which you mount on the dashboard and project up onto the onto the glass um you know which is more the sort of thing that you're that you're after definitely um we will have to wait and see but yes i i think in time if if anybody is going to you know if anybody uh you know is kind of determined enough to push on regardless until they get something they're happy with it's apple Um, yes i have seen a few cars sorry i have seen a few cars um in some of the shows um and it's more the expensive range of cars that have these head-up displays. So they, they are coming yes. in cars. It's, it's yeah. mostly the wee plastic um, kind of reflective plate they put up in front of the, the, the mm. dashboard. But uh, the, yeah. the, certainly the more expensive cars seem to be getting these uh, VR-type um, reflective displays on the screen. Well, the, kind, I mean, the, kind, the kind of thing that I think would work well is something I saw at a show. I think it might have been CES at the beginning of last of this year, mm-hmm. um, where someone was demoing a, a heads-up display that actually projected a, like sort of direction you needed to go on your sat nav onto the road in front of you, or at least that's how it looked. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very much what you want because you know it doesn't matter. I mean, I much as I love my you know uh, Citroen that we have, um, they have put basically almost all of control in an ipad like you know uh panel in the middle of the center console yeah. um and actually i'll tell you what that is not actually all that helpful a lot of the time in the previous one if i wanted to adjust the temperature you know coming out of the vents there was a dial a physical dial mm. which you could reach over you know without looking and and you could turn because you knew if you turned it clockwise you would make it hotter and if you turned it anti-clockwise you would make it cooler but now you've got to you know tap show me the environmental controls and then tap the sliders up and down it's much less sorry it's not actually not helpful <laughs> it's just not helpful it's distracting and taking your mind off the road yeah it is you know um it's... I think there is a, a balance to be had, isn't there, between 
on screen and i mean there's no doubt that some things work better on screen oh definitely but there are as you say there are times when a physical switch or a button or a knob is actually a much better way of doing it for a car well the other thing you know and these are the things they've put everything pretty much you know that's not actively driving i mean the indicators and whatnot are not on there obviously but you know that the heat and the fan and the radio now the radio is fine because you know that's that's fine you tap radio and there's a display and you can have big buttons showing the channels you know and you can tap them and you only have to glance at that but yeah if you want to reduce the um the brightness of the of the dash display on my previous model there was a little you know roller wheel on the steering wheel and you rolled mm. it downwards to make the thing less bright and upwards to make it brighter so you know if it was night and you felt the dash was glaring a bit much you simply scrolled this little wheel and the and the dash would get aggressively dimmer um they've taken that away and they've put it in the on this bloody touch screen but it's buried you know, down about four levels down. You have to go to car, settings, dash, brightness. It's like, this is a nightmare. If you, yeah, you I often think that, that get... when you're trying to, it's like, well, we've just put everything on there because that would be really cool and clever. Well, it's not cool and clever. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I often think they get carried away with the technology sometimes. Yeah. Right, that the next, the next car I'm hoping to get is the Hyundai Ionic Electric. Uh, and the latest version, so they've just refreshed it. Um, so it's been about for a while, uh, but they've just refreshed it and changed some of the interfaces. And they've put very nice 10.25-inch screen on it. Um, but they've also decided that all the buttons they had before for some of the essential functions are now touch-sensitive buttons. Um, so there's no feedback from them, no, which not is probably... Not, not sure, the best idea. I mean, I'll, it'll be interesting to see whether how I get on with it. But it's not. It doesn't sound to me the best idea to take away physical buttons and and then put basically just a flat surface that you've got to touch. Uh, so finding it with your fingers is actually going to be harder. Yes, and you're more ahead. likely to activate something that you didn't intend to. Yeah, exactly. You've got... Turn on the fog lamps or something when you didn't want to. Exactly. Yeah, that kind of thing. You've got that problem with uh, Tesla. Uh, they've reduced um, the Tesla three. It's basically reduced down to one touch screen. And yeah. again, like like uh, the string you were talking about there, it's a it's a uh, slides touch freely screen thing to adjust the, the ventilation and all the rest of it. There, there are a couple of buttons on the steering wheel and indicator stocks and that wiper stocks, but it's mainly all a digital dash and you do everything through that. Um, but the, the, I mean, there seems to be two kind of thoughts of where they're going with cars. You've got, you've got, you've got them doing their best to try and automate and touch screenize if that's the right word for it, uh, making everything touch screen and automated and, um, you know, there's less buttons to deal with well, with cars. And then you've got the other ones who are going down the road of uh, driverless cars. There seems to yeah. be two, two different thoughts of, you know, where we're going with uh, cars. Yeah, I think, if, I think if, like Tesla, you are completely sold on the idea of driverless cars, <laughs> then it doesn't matter that you haven't got all buttons because you won't be, you won't be looking at the road eventually. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think you're right. I think that's, I mean, I don't get me wrong. I think the Teslas are wonderful cars. Um, mm -hmm. and, and if someone would like to give me one, <laughs> yeah, I'd be more than I'm happy to well. take it off their hands. Um, I will as well. uh, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? 
it's interesting because at the moment there's still that dichotomy between usability and functionality that that doesn't always work perfectly with the cars that we've got at the moment because we don't have cars that can drive themselves completely um and we need to keep our eyes on the road so yeah it's interesting isn't it i often think with cars whenever i come to buy a new car um they seem to make the most ridiculous decisions about what to do and what not to do they've got to bring it in with a certain price range uh and sometimes they'll leave out something you think why did they do that And and they leave in something that you think well, I don't really need that. Why did they put that in? Uh, I don't can't always say that I uh, completely agree with uh, car manufacturers' decisions over what's important in the car. But, no, but there you go. I'm very much. I mean, you know, I do, I do like this Citroen that I have, but I do not like it as much as the previous one. The only thing that That's this one, the, yeah. the only thing that this one really has that I feel is an improvement is because it has um, this ten-inch screen, which has built-in sat nav, and you can take that, you can have that sat nav either on the, you know, center console, or you can move it up onto the dash itself so it replaces the rev counter area with you know with the navigation map um that i like but the rest of this touch screen i'm sorry it's just like no you've gone backwards you've tried to be really clever but actually there's a reason why you know aircraft cockpits are full of actual manual you know throttles that you pull yeah. and levers that you do and switches that you flick and they're all different colors and whatnot i know it looks to most of us absolutely terrifying but if you're a trained pilot on that plane you know where every single switch is and you could probably fly that plane blindfold um and there's a reason for that you know there is a reason that 747s don't have a bloody ipad touch console <laughs> for all their controls um it would be handy if um all these kind of touchscreens are backed up by voice activation. So if you want to adjust the heating source, you know, the heat temperature or put on the fan or whatever, you can actually say to the, the car, you know. Yes, uh, that, that is really what you need. If you want to start doing that sort of, you know, going down the tech route, you have to make yeah. it smart enough. But it, it seems to be a case of it's it's either or you you, you get these touchscreens and not, no voice activation. Mm. You don't appear yeah. to have anything like that in your car. I, um, it does have some sort of voice activation things in it, but whenever I've tried to use it, what you get is you have pressed the voice activation button. You know, <laughs> simply issue a command <clears throat> such as you know, please ring Mary or whatever it is, and it's like that's not helping me. You are not helping me. You are using the technology <laughs> to frustrate me. So I'm just not ever going to use it. I, to be honest, I miss, you know, I miss the manual heating uh, knob. I miss the scrolly wheel for dimming and brightening the dash. Um, yeah. I. It's, it's all very clever, but... It's all very clever, but it hasn't actually done anything to make operating the vehicle easier or safer. Put it that way. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to Today in Car Displays. <laughs> you have indeed. Oh, and by the way, yeah, the, it does have Apple CarPlay, but you have to physically plug your phone in with a USB cable for that to work. Yeah, I think, um, I think there's very, very, very few cars out there that actually do it over the air. I yeah. don't think I can think of any off the top of my head it is available. It's something to do with the limitation of the way that the um, play was implemented i think some of some the of the actually work with that 
Uh, yes, Pardon? it will if you plug in the if you plug your phone in. But then that's mm-hmm. only in the CarPlay thing. You can't control like the heater or anything by Siri. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. There are I know there are vehicles that do have um, wireless CarPlay, but mine mm. is oh, right. one. Of, mine is not one of them, uh, and they can connect. Yeah, I've got. Come, I think an awful lot of them you have to plug the phone in. So I, th- yeah. I, I think it's probably another one of these occasions where Apple decided to do things in their own way in the same way as they did with the um, with the AirPod. Is it the AirPod I'm thinking of? Um, uh, or the speaker. Um, it's all right, yeah. I'm trying to... Uh, my brain's not suddenly stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Apple speaker. Um, it's... What is it? The, uh, oh, um, yeah, no, it's... Yes, the it's... Well, um, it's no, it's the Home app. Oh, right, It's yeah. the Home app. Right. And the fact that originally you had to have a chip, a specific chip for it to work. Yeah. Um, with with lots of devices, I wonder whether Apple did something fairly similar with um, with uh, CarPlay. CarPlay, and that's the reason it's not wireless in most cars. I don't know why, because you can connect, I can connect my phone to the car by Bluetooth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bluetooth works fine. Even, I mean, it works in in my current Leaf. It, that mean, works my, fine. My it's car just CarPlay for some reason. Yeah. And you have to plug it in in order to, to get activate the CarPlay. I think I tried it yep. with mine, and it said something like, um, "Wireless Apple Play is not available in this vehicle." You know, like because what it's actually doing, isn't it? Is is what it's doing is turning your internal display into just that yes. into a display, which the iPhone then uses. It's more yep. of a mirroring. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. That's what it does. It allows you then to control your phone so that you can mm. play the tunes from your collection or whatever. Um, it's going to be some sort of compatibility or some kind of um, standard that Apple didn't want to play with or, yeah. or, or the manufacturers of the cars didn't want to play with. I don't know. Or, or one or the other. Want to pay Apple for, more likely. Well, um, that, that as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, lots of people seem really jazzed about uh, CarPlay. I'm not in the least bit bothered, to be honest. It, um, I'm quite happy to have the radio on, as I've said before. Um, yes, I'll listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, yeah, if I want to listen to podcasts, I guess, but I could play them. I could, in my previous car, I could play my podcasts. I didn't have Apple CarPlay, but I could play a, a podcast out of the car stereo if I wanted to. You just connect it by Bluetooth and then, so, yes. you know, Siri plays up to Yeah, likewise. Podcast. Yeah, I can with my car, yeah. So, you know, CarPlay in, in and of itself is of little or no um, interest to me. Um, I think it, part of it, uh, part of it as well, it depends on how good your sat-nav is in the car. If you've got a decent sat-nav in your car, mine's not bad on, on my Leaf. Um, no, this, you know, obviously, then the, there's no need to use any other kind of um, sat nav voice. So no, exactly. I mean, previously I would have. Um, I but if you're really into Waze or something like that, then uh, having Waze on your on your uh, in inbuilt uh, car stuff, <laughs> yeah, um, it, it is useful to have. Yeah, yeah, that that, that there is that I, that is true, but. Um... I'm, you know, as a sat nav, I just want my sat nav to tell me where to turn. And you know. yes, yeah. 
I don't have Pretty much. I don't get involved in all this other, you know, things. My sat nav the sat nav in the car is good enough. It does all the things like shows you where petrol stations are, shows you scenic routes versus quickest routes and all that sort of thing. So there we go. I I hope that the next time the next car that I get, I'm hoping I will be able to get A an electric and B one that has more bloody analogue controls <coughs> in it. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I would love electric cars. I would, but can't afford it. Yeah, they are still too expensive. Uh, Not any car I can't afford. It, so yeah. I, re- I rely on the public transport. And yeah, that's a good thing. It's yeah. certainly much certainly greener than buying an electric car. Well, I get the bus travel for free anyway because I've got the uh, Scottish uh, travel card. Ah, good for so you. We get we get uh, free bus travel. So if, if, in reality, could actually travel the whole of Scotland by a bus and not pay a penny? Mm. That's very good. Mm. Very nice. But you um, the bus, buses. These these are the things we need enough battery technology. If buses yeah. ran on electric and yes. on dirty diesel, yeah. then you could really feel quite smug about that, couldn't you? Well, it, it was pretty good that way. They've got quite a lot of um, electric buses, uh, single decker buses, and hybrid buses. Uh, both yeah, single and they're definitely whatever. coming. Definitely yeah, coming. It's, it's coming. Good. This is this is you know these are the things we need to uh, need to see, aren't they? Um, very much as we were talking about last week. Um, well, there's one, when we're going back to being very environmentally friendly, go back to the horse and cart. There mm-hmm. you go. Yes, or cycling indeed. <laughs> yeah, I think cycling's probably greener, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> there we are. Um, yeah. uh, oh, and to, while we're on uh, talking electric cars again, uh, Turkey has unveiled, unveiled its first fully homemade car in a $3.7 billion bet on electric. Uh, with the byline uh-huh. here, will it be a turkey or a success? We can all grow now. Uh-huh. Christmas cracker level <laughs> of humour on that uh, Reuters. Um, well, that, so was was my, that was actually my comment. Was it? Oh, <laughs> oh, right. I have to, to own up to that one. <laughs> so was it did, last week, did you talk about the IBM? Um, yes, we were talking about the IBM uh, battery, you know, cobalt-free. And, and allegedly, ah, right. okay. allegedly can um, charge up, you know, get an eighty percent charge into the battery in, in, you know, five minutes. Which, as we said, that would, you know, that makes it. If they can, if they can, that would make a huge change. Up, yeah. That becomes that is, becomes a killer mode because then there is almost no, um, you know, there's almost no resistance, is there? Because it takes you that five. I suppose the only promising, the only prop, yeah, the only promising thing about it really is that it's IBM. Yes. Um, this isn't a small company or a small lab that has actually said, we think we've discovered something. This is IBM. Mm. So, yeah, fingers crossed. You know, cobalt-free uh, materials uh, separated from seawater, um, supposed to be more energy-dense than lithium-ion, they are safer than lithium-ion, um, and really had a very lot, uh, you know, a lot going for it. So, yes, uh, one that might actually go somewhere. Yeah, I think those of us those of us who do have electric vehicles are uh, keeping our fingers crossed that something like that will come along at some point. <laughs> that, been, there's been so many the, false starts. Yeah, was that not one of the ones that said that uh, it would reduce the charging time down to late minutes? Yeah, that is the one. Yeah, mm. that they they, they yeah. said you could get an eighty percent charge in five minutes, which as I which is remarkable, really. Yes, yeah, it is. which gets around the argument about you know the disadvantage of electric against petrol. Yeah, yeah, yeah then, absolutely. 
Yeah. You can literally, you know, you would going there. have electric filling stations, as it were, where you, it would be mm. no different to pulling up. You'd pull up, stick your plug in, you know, juice well, your the, the other good... The yeah, other get advantage. a packet of crisps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the other advantage would be for the likes of public transport. Um, you know, fast turn around buses and trains and things. Mm. Um, Exciting times. I, yeah, I, I really do hope it comes to one of these discoveries mm-hmm. becomes real. I mean, the fact is, I mean, you look back at the last... Uh, what, 10 years in battery technology? And, I mean, it has moved on quite, not as rapidly as everyone would like, but we, we've we now got double the battery density that we had 10 years ago. Yeah, well, I think um, one of the things, of course, is because I, I guess, you know, we went from, like, nickel-cadmium to lithium-ion, but because more and more things are powered by these rechargeable batteries, yeah, and as a as you know, as an industry, it has become a massive industry in and of itself. Then people are prepared to put the money in to do the research to find better ways to do it. Yes, because they know there's a huge outlet because for that. There's a huge outlet, and let's let's face it: the person who comes up with something that is, you know, at least as good as lithium ion, but not prone to catching fire when bad things happen to it, that's already a massive market. If you can come up with something that's twice as good as lithium ion and safer and all the other things, you are, well, you know, as a business, you are made. Yeah. You know. Um... Yes, yeah, so you can understand why so many people are trying to find the magic solution, as it were. Well, yes. And, and, and as, you know, as me and James said last week it doesn't there doesn't have to be one solution there could be a completely different solution for i don't know you know a truck you know a 40 ton container pulling truck to um a city car or an electric bike um yes yeah because i mean uh, so tesla not tesla oh it's another 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 electrical person from many years ago I can't think of the name now. Uh, is it Faraday? No, not Faraday. Edison? Um, no, uh, they make trucks, or at least they're intending to make trucks that are... Um, uh... Well, there's Nikola. There's Tesla. Ah, that's the one. Nikola, yes. It's the Nikola um, ones um, that are um, a fuel cell. But because yeah, they're yeah. so big, that makes a lot more sense. And they they have a range of about sort of six to 800 miles, I think. Hmm. Um, is, on know, a full tank thing, of uh, hydrogen you can run a, you could you know if you're talking about an, a, a, a locomotive um you know a, you can you can use a completely different type of technology in in a locomotive than you would be able to use in a small city car you, it doesn't have to be the same technology um and this is this also i think is why there is so many people working on battery technology because you could even if it ends up not being one solution fits all anybody who can make a serious battery technology breakthrough is going to become basically unbelievably well um because that's just it's the equivalent of being you know striking oil in the in the in you know in the sort of american oil barons um yes and of course there's all the subsidiary industries that will grow up around as well like you know battery recycling and more material reclamation and all that sort of stuff. That is true. That is true. And actually, um, I have a story here. Um, as we, there was almost no, you know, real um, thing. This is all the sort of technology-based uh, 
show. Um, there's an article here from the World Economic Forum, which is a good read. Um, it says, we can use plastics to change the world for the better. Um, basically, uh, what they're saying is, you know, we should not necessarily look on plastic as evil in and of itself. Um, they're saying if you use the correct uh, type of plastics... Um, material, you know, a plastic material which can be used for a long-term application uh, can then be recycled and remanufactured. Um, what we need to stop, you know, using is this cheap one-use disposable quote unquote plastic. Um, yeah. And uh, I, basically, they are saying if you, you know, if we changed to uh, a, an economy where plastics, the right sort of plastics, were used. Then all this, you know, plastic when it was disposed would then be taken, recycled, turned into pellets, and sent back to be made into other things. In much the same way as you know, we're quite happy to recycle our aluminium and our glass. Um, there we go. So there's a there's a, an interesting article there saying, you know, we should not uh, kind of demonise plastic in and of itself because it can do an awful lot of good. Uh, we just need to Bye. stop making nasty plastic which we dispose of as second we've used it well the other thing to look at is uh where you use plastic um there, there are things that uh, you can replace it with you know natural things like go back to paper bags or yep. go back to uh you know hessian bags you, you name it all kinds of products i mean i've got a, a when my electric power uh, toothbrush runs out of power i go to a, a bamboo toothbrush as a, a fill-in, or a, you know, if I away, like I was away at Christmas down my sister's, I just took the, the bamboo toothbrush. Um, and that's a recyclable thing. The heads, the nylon heads can be re- recycled as well. Um, shops need to stop using multiple layers of plastic and cling film and all the rest of it uh, and get back to you know, re- you know, natural recyclable materials. And then you can use the plastics for things that you do need to use it for. Yeah, it's, it's a tra- it's a change of attitude. Um, it is very much so. It is. Yeah, I have for many many years, kind of, uh, you know, scowled in deep annoyance at the kind of plastic trays that you get. You know, when you buy a box buy a box of apple pies, you have the apple pie. The apple pie is in a tin foil, you know, case. That's fine because that can be recycled. Um, and then. There's a cardboard box around the outside, obviously there to protect the product. That's I'm I'm fine with all of that. Um, I'm even fine to some extent with the kind of cellophane type bag that you know um, keeps the pies from drying out. Although yes, it would be nice if that was actually a proper biodegraded, you know, biodegradable cellophane and not the actual plastic. But those plastic trays that they then put the things in, you know, why can we not have cardboard? Why can they not have a cardboard insert with six holes in it? Why do we have to have a plastic one? It just seems utterly, utterly destructive, you know, and it has done for years. Um, there you go. This is a this is a little bit spooky, but you know how um, everyone. Uh, there are always rumours that we're always being listened to by our gadgets. Mm-hmm. Um, just after the last thing that James said, uh, my uh, Siri sprang to life on my phone, which is across the room, and said, yes, that's what I reckoned. <laughs> <laughs> so Siri agrees with you, James. <laughs> that's not very often. There we are. There we are. Well, what, 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 you can, I mean, there are companies who make an effort. Uh, I think it's Charlie Bingham's meals. They do their... their 
foods and um, bamboo trays or um, kind of china dishes. So you can reuse these things um, mm. or recycle them rather than putting plastic in the bin. Um, I'm just trying to find the company I buy things from. Uh, and it's Alternapus 2 Plastics. Yeah. I, I have to say that we do um, we do some work for a company who do uh, food packaging um, <laughs> at work. And they've been um, heavily promoting their you know new range of um, food packaging, which is either made with uh, biodegradable plastics or is, you know, um, purely, um, you know, plastic free. Even though um, they, mm-hmm. they're making yeah. things like um, plastic, what look like, you know, the uh, clear plastic drinks, glassy, that, you know, you get to drink fizzy pop out of when you're a kid. Um, those sort of water cups. Um, they are making a range of those, which are, as far as I can tell, effectively made from um, cellulose. So we're going back to, a, it's a plant-based material, but it looks like a plastic um, water cup. Um, and they're also making. Well, it's, it's good. Uh, we really need the big manufacturers to get on board with this because. Yes, you do. This is I mean, there's still far too much stuff where you get something that is in a plastic bag that in an individual plastic item uh, and then wrapped in plastic. I mean, it's just yeah. completely unnecessary. This is. Uh, it's an example of what I, uh, today I bought some um, olive oil spread. And you take the plastic lid off it because it's a plastic container, and inside there's a piece of paper covering the um, the uh, spread. What's the point of the piece of paper? Why do we need a piece of paper in there yeah, at I all? Don't, I don't. I've never understood that. Why? Why do you? That yeah, that always intrigues me. Why do we have a piece of paper um, on the? Top but yeah, double wrapped, double wrapped plastic things are just completely unnecessary. Yes. It's the same likes of takeaways. Um, they're, 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 you, you, you've got to buy a curry. It comes in a plastic tray and a plastic red, uh, lid. A lot of people just throw those in the bin. Um, yeah. I, I tend to use them. Instead of buying um, you know, the plastic reusable bags, freezer bags, instead of buying freezer bags, I use them now in the fridge. Um, so, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so it's reusing them. Uh, there are there are certain shops, stores, where they'll actually let you, you know, uh, use them for buying products. You know, if you want to buy like tomatoes, you know, you know they get but uh, um, olives, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, a deli counter, you can bring it in your own tub now. Um, some of the stores, That's and good. there's a there's a there's a restaurant where um, they send out. I think it's metal. Uh, uh, bowls with the food in it, and you can send them back, yep. and they'll get reused. Oh, right. Yeah, so I mean, there, there are ways of getting around things. I mean, a, a couple of a couple of suggestions is a company called Non Plastic Beach. Yes, oh, I've heard of them. Yep, which is worth having a look at. Yeah, and another company which, if you don't mind me use uh, giving their name out, um, it's it's Who Gives a Crap. Yeah. And it's it's recyclable, <laughs> it's you know toilet papers and paper hankies and all kinds of stuff. It's all it's all environmentally friendly and reusable. You know, it's been it's not reusable, but, um, yeah, recycled materials. Just, yeah. You know, so if you, want, if you want to be environmentally friendly, yeah, there's a place to go and buy your toilet rolls from. I mean, I um, 
it's a little it's it's little steps isn't it all of these yeah. little steps yeah. but 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 will make a big difference in the end I mean, what it, used to be happy ideas are now becoming mainstream ideas. Yes, and uh, the, these are the things that no people have been banging on about for 20-odd years at least. But mm -hmm. it, it seems that it's only now when people are waking up to the fact that uh, you might only have 10 years left to sort it out mm -hmm. that, that people are starting to go, oh, well, we, we, could, we, could, um, we could put milk in you know, glass bottles so that they could be returned and reused, maybe, or recycled. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are, there, are, there are certainly, of course, um, downsides to using glass, because if you use glass bottles, they weigh more and then, you know, they cost more to transport and so on and so forth. So not, you know, the simplest answer isn't always the best. But you, like you were saying about no. the margarine tub, I do, I use my margarine tubs to put uh, my leftover um cooking yes so when i make a casserole i put my leftover you know i put a serving into a small uh margarine tub and i freeze that not only that not only does that mean that i have frozen you know meals that i can take to work and heat up in the microwave uh, yeah. during the week but also by the way you can stack them really quite nicely in your freezer <laughs> yeah good idea when I was a, a child, um, the ginger bottles, you could take them back and get 20 pence back in the bottle. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, and yeah, that stopped a while ago, but they're now trying, you know, the Scottish government's now trying to reintroduce this, and not only for bottles, but for, or, you know, for plastic bottles. You know, it used to be glass bottles, uh, but they're trying to do this for plastic bottles, uh, juice, juice cans, yeah. you know, to get... So, you can take them back and get money. And so we are trying to get people to recycle things. Yeah, I mean, when um, I was like like you, when I when I was a child, you used to take your Corona bottles back, didn't you? And and get you know the shop who sold them to you would take the bottles back and give you five or ten p a bottle, whatever it was. Um, and I remember my granddad used to save up his beer bottles, right? When he you know when he bought uh, bring home a bottle of beer from the pub. He would save them up, and then at the end of the week, he would go, you know, take a bag of bottles back to the pub, and they would give him, I don't know what it was, but again, there was a there was a deposit on the beer bottles, and they would go, mm -hmm. and the pub, you know, the pub would give you, I don't know, a few pennies per bottle, and they would go back to the uh, brewery to be refilled. Um, just just don't leave them around the back of your shop, because um, one of the chaps who I was talking to about this uh, said, well, when I was a child, we used to go, in, we used to go around the back of the shop, pick up the bottle, walk around. Go to the counter, get twenty beds. He'd put it round the back. They go back round the back. He <laughs> 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 was making money. Yeah, yeah. No, it's uh, a good idea. Yeah, get to get people to be so. So there we go. Right. Well, we seem to have strayed way away from technology and in, into our uh, environmental, uh, you know, lobbyist <laughs> mode. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, at the end of a year and the end of a decade, um, and of course, looking forward, um, a decade which is probably going to change um, even more than the last 10 years has changed the world. Um, mm. I think yeah, well, you've gone from the beginning of the, beginning of the decades of not. Well, when, when did the leaf come out? Uh, 20. Well, in the UK, it was 2013, but it, it came out originally in 2011. So, so it's just. Just about Not the beginning of the decade, yeah. though, there wasn't any main street cars. And now we've got how many manufacturers now? Well, oh, many. lots I mean, and lots yeah. and lots. I watched yeah. a video earlier on. Um, I don't know whether you watch Electric Leaf, man. Not electric, no, electric. I stopped. Um, uh, right. yeah. um, but he, he did quite a good one today that was um, all the electric cars that are going to be available next year. So, um, 
worth a watch if you're interested because there are a lot. Yes, well, <laughs> there are. Used to I mean, watch them. A lot he, coming. Yeah. And he used to he, watch them, but he started getting a bit silly with some of his videos. Yeah. yeah. Got, I know it's uh, not everybody's cup of tea. No. But yeah. um, you get story after story now, don't you? You know, you're reading the news and it's, oh, you know, Jaguar to bring out, a, you know, an electric sports car. V-Dub going all in for electric, you know, mm. cars, uh, more and more. Well, the, well, the um, one to look out for in the next 10 years is where we go with um, uh, air travel and sea travel. Yes. That's going to be the real interesting thing because you know, you're looking at possible electric-powered planes, um, electric-powered ships, maybe uh, hydrogen-powered. Mm. We might get surprised in the next 10 years what we what we see with mm. that line. We might yes, well do. I think and you're it, right. I think it's going to be a big... Uh, I think we're in for a bit of a shake. A, 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 but... A sort of bumpy ride for fossil fuels over the next 10 years. Yeah. I think it's, yeah. it, it is. Some of it, it's about, I guess it's about people's awareness because most of these things, you know, like perfectly safe airships like, you know, Ivor Pope works on, have been around for decades, but they've been sneered at in favour of, you know, gas-guzzling jetliners because you can fly mm-hmm. across the Atlantic in, you know, hours on a jetliner. Whereas it would take, yeah. you know, a couple yeah, of days that, that, or whatever to go by an electric airship. But when people... Yeah, and, uh, uh, admittedly, under current technology, it wouldn't be possible to make an intercontinental plane that could run on electricity. We just... The technology isn't there yet. No, but we um, could have... But that a, doesn't mean it won't be. No, it doesn't. The dark horse... Yeah, the dark horse is going to be the airship. Um, mm. That may actually be the, the, the answer. You know, an electric... Maybe so. Airship, yeah, yeah might just, maybe. Yeah, folk have to start slowing down so they get to places as super, you know, as quick as they can. Maybe it's time for us to start. I, I also think there's quite down. a. I also think there's quite a lot of margin for uh, for virtual presence. Yeah. So rather than having to yeah. travel to the country, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we make more use of virtual reality and and. Uh, Mm-hmm. You, don't travel, you don't travel from one country to another for a meeting for an hour and go back again. That's you right. You do it from the, the office, yeah. So I think we've got to start the, embracing that, really. These are the things which I'm saying have been available to do for, for decades, but have, you know, pe- people still continue to, as James says, you know, fly to America to have a meeting. But, you know, why do you really need to fly to America to have a meeting? Can you not conduct your meeting by Skype or telephone? Um, this, this, because because I'm a big yeah, important the business. Yeah, it's just that people are failing to use it, that's all. Well, and also there's this sort of thing. Well, because I'm a big important businessman, then I <laughs> have to have a private yes. jet to take me to New York to see other big important people who've got money True. to burn. And it's like, yeah, but really, was that necessary? Um, I think, yes, airships. I would really, really love to see in my lifetime, the, you know, the somewhat steampunky vision of there being regular, you know, airships flying around um, commercially and people using them. Um, you know, yes, as James says, to slow down. If you're going to go to Italy on holiday, why would it? Why would it hurt you if it took you two days to get there by airship rather than four hours jammed in a metal tube? Um, yeah, yeah. I did. 
<laughs> everybody's just going to have to change the way they think, I think, um, often in ways that people don't even think about at the moment. There we go. I'm getting on my high horse, really. I'm... <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that's the most difficult thing, I think, is getting, is getting people to ch uh, changing mindset. It's the hardest thing of anything, any kind of technology or thing that's good for the planet. Is it changing mindsets the the real difficulty? And I think you know, selling electric cars to people, selling the benefits of electric cars to people, is the the biggest hurdle. Is mindset? They don't understand that they're different. They they think they should operate the same way petrol cars. They don't, and it's really difficult to, to get at home. Yeah, I, I that problem with friends. I would say that the electric cars are the future, and I would get poo pooed. No, they'll never, they'll never ever be mainstream. Well, here we are. They are mainstream. Mm. Yeah, things things do change, and public if mm. if public oh. perception can be changed, you know, if you can. I mean, when I was a child, nobody wore a damn seatbelt in their car. Cars mm. were fitted with seatbelts, but nobody wore them. Right? Yeah. And a few people who did were considered to be a bit odd. But we had, you know, we had a, a massive, you know, public safety campaign to yeah. say click every trip. Yeah, to <laughs> to educate people and to change the mindset of people, and then eventually to legislate to make people comply. Now, I mean, I'm sure there are probably people who still drive around without a seatbelt on for some, you know, bizarre yep. reason or other. Yep. But I, if I. If I, you know, I can't even drive to the bottom of the road without putting my seatbelt on because it just yeah, feels... Yeah, it becomes second nature, doesn't it? It just feels weird and wrong. And yeah. um, so if you can make that sort of change and you can convince people that you should wear a seatbelt and it's the right thing to do, and in fact then you start saying people who don't wear their seatbelts are in fact socially irresponsible, then you can start to change companies because companies will change because nobody will want to be seen as you know as a socially irresponsible company if people decide that they want to buy their fruit squash in cardboard cartons and not plastic bottles then companies will make will put it in cardboard cartons because people will go well I'm not buying your fruit juice because you put it in a socially irresponsible plastic bottle um yeah so yes it is it is all a bit hippie things that you know my hippie friends were saying 25 years ago are now becoming mainstream um probably 25 years too late but never mind if any starting you know point if we're starting to move forward then that's something and are. you can still have your classic car and have it converted to electric indeed um as yeah. i said i'm sure some purists will scream at that but you know um mm. there we are Right, well, we've rattled on for a long time. Um, mostly <laughs> not about Apple. This this, this week on the Essential, uh, Essentially Eco podcast. <laughs> 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 Never mind. That's all right. It's fine. And one wee tip to people who drive cars in general at this time of the year, please put your lights on. Too many people think they have the lights on and it's purely the glow off the daylight when lights. Yep. I'll tell you what well Thank here you, you go. Here's one thing I do I do really, really, really like in my Citroen. Um it has automatic lights. You have a mode. You can you can Ooh. manually change the lights, but I always just have it on 
automatic it's, so it has a sensor on the dash you know in the in the windscreen yeah um and uh, if the light if the light is too low the lights come on it's um, a big problem just now the amount of cars i see without lights on it's purely mm. the daylight running light it's on mm. oh. yep, yep. Anyway. so there you go that, that that is one thing it has automatic lights it also has automatic wipers as well detect when there's water on the windscreen and wipes the screen for you which is good. It's weird. Can I remember? Um, I can. I remember a friend um, who owned a Mark II Cortina back in the day. That was the and uh, it was one of these. One. It was one of these cars you could open with your house key. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> the locks on it were rubbish, but um, it it had a um, control for the the wipers by your feet. So you tapped it. Oh, in the, yeah. You know, for an intermittent wipe. You actually tapped it with your foot. With your mm. was it your clutch foot or your Yeah, it must have been your clutch foot. And um he said he joked once to a friend of his that uh, it, that there that there were rain wiping you know, uh, rain sensors that activated the uh, <laughs> and we thought it was so funny at the time. And yeah. here we are, all these years later, and they really exist. Yeah, they really, they really do. Yeah, very much so. Um, yeah, it is amazing. You know, technology applied correctly can make things so much easier for everybody. Mm. Um, so, know, what's our predictions for next year? Do you reckon? Maybe there'll be a new iPhone. Maybe there'll be a new iPhone. Yeah, didn't see it before the door that it may not be a new iPhone next year. It may be a new phone. Yeah, James, I mean, it oh, might yeah. be a new Apple. Oh, that's interesting. Apple yeah. phone, because they, they seem to be doing this. They're going down the road of removing eyes from all the products. That's true. That's true. Oh, so, is that prediction? Phone? <laughs> well, I'm not. Well, I'm flying oh, cars. There you go, flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I predict. I predict there will no be any flying cars. <laughs> <laughs> There might be, although people keep making those sort of um, drone-like things, don't they? Mm. Yes. See to drone-type uh, contraptions, which... That's called bagpipes. <laughs> no, not those sort of drones. <laughs> not those sort of drones. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, um, What's the drones up here? Uh, I don't know. Predictions for next year. Um, seriously, it's so hard to tell, isn't it? I, I mean, obviously, we're going to see more electric cars. Um so are we are we going to see the um the glasses do you think I, in the next year not the glasses i'm no. going to much as i'd love to say yes and really believe it um no we might see an apple head mounted vr slash ar rig but even that i suspect is probably more like 2021 um right and that will be I'm basing this on all these um, patents and rumours that have been flying around. It seems that yes. we're working on a stage one, um, you know, VR, AR head-mounted unit. So, yeah, more like your Oculus Rift or your Oculus Go or whatever. Um, and then working towards something which is more like glasses. Um, and you know, the, the, the smart money, uh, no pun intended, seems to be on sort of 2023 2024 for those we could be surprised i would be really really um you know pleased to see something um usable and workable come out before then but i, I don't think we're going to see those this year uh, i think my uh what i'd like to see as opposed to what will actually happen <laughs> 
um, uh, not for, not from Apple, but in the world of technology generally, I'd like to see more electric cars that are of a reasonable price. That is something. I mean, I know their prices are coming down. I yeah. know the prices. Yeah, are I'd, down. I'd really, I'd really like to start to see them coming around about the twenty thousand pound mark rather than the thirty and forty thousand pound yes. mark. I would, yeah. That's so what that, I would say. So that second-hand cars can then be a reasonable price for those who can't afford new. You know what I mean? Yes. yes. I, th- I think once that happens, that the the speed of we'll get into that curve of development where it starts to take off exponentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they've got to come down in price. They're just too price. expensive. They're too expensive, aren't they? I mean, I was, I was looking, and a sort of a small hatchbacky type electric car, you know, like an electric Mini or, or an electric Golf yeah. or something like that. Yeah, you're talking sort of 32 to 35,000 pounds. You know, I have a seven-seat Citroen C4 space tourer or whatever the hell it's called at uh, picasso and, and i yeah. mean that was twenty four thousand pounds is the list price exactly that, I believe. yeah i mean that's that i mean that's not a luxury model there are there are models above that with you know more gadgets and more bells and whistles heated seats and all sorts of luxuries but that is you know uh, i mean a citroen c4 picasso seven seater is what i would consider very much to be a luxury vehicle and, yeah. and that's that's still, you know, a fifth less than an electric hatchback. That's like yeah, and, and as from what I can see of of um, of the technology, there is no reason why manufacturers can't be making more competitively priced cars. Um, it, I think it's simply it's early adopter still, yes, and, and they're well, just trying adopter. to get they're just trying to make as much money from it as they can to they, recover they, their development costs. They or whatever. milk it, milk it for all it's worth. Is the you know yeah. yeah as Steve Jobs um, said, milk it for all it's worth, and then move on to the next new thing. Um, and I'll give you a controversial um, possibility. I can see macOS the in 2020 being the final macOS, and it'll become macOS and as as one software. Oh, okay. Apple OS. Apple OS. It'll be a one. It'll be one software. System. It's always a possibility. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not convinced. Not convinced myself that they'll do that. But it is always a possibility. Well, always if possible. you if, if you look at the way they're making um, it easy to put iOS apps on your Mac now, yeah, yeah, I think that'll be the what will happen. Very good. Well, I think we've done enough. I'm going to wrap the show up now here with one last prediction, and that is. Next year, there will be more essential Apple shows. There we go. Hooray! <laughs> and as everybody runs screaming <laughs> to the hills. Let's assume, that, let's assume that I haven't chased them all away. <laughs> and my, my prediction is that uh, James will be in every one of them. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> We're doomed. Captain Mothering. Uh, I predict. I predict that James may be, you know, pouring over Amazon, looking at microphones and, uh, you know, <laughs> and other accoutrements of uh, podcasting. There we go. Right. So let's wrap the show up. Uh, James, where can people find you? Um, in the Flickr group, uh, Essential Apple Flickr group. Uh, on um, I've forgotten the name of it now. So not. Uh, I think you'll need to edit this bit out again. You'll find me in the Slack group. Um, you'll also find me 
on Flickr as the SRPS paint shop, not what I said last time. And also there's the uh, Essential Apple Flickr group as well. Very good, very good. Uh, Nick? Um, as I've said before, Spligosh, S-P-L-I-G-O-S-H on Twitter. I'm occasionally on the bots. Let's talk, let's talk Apple. And I'm sure you'll all be pleased to hear that my little print has now finished charging. Very good. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I am, of course, on the Twitters as at Serenak, and that's S-E-R-E-N-A-K. Uh, all of the stuff is over on the uh, EssentialApple.com website. Um, you can join our Slack group by following the link in the show notes. You can ask uh, James for an invitation to the Flickr group from the link in the show notes. You can find some of the stories we were rambling about uh, in the show notes. Uh, thank you to everybody who listens and all the rest. I think we'll just sign off now. So goodbye until next year, everybody. And a happy yeah. New Year when it comes. Indeed, Happy New Year from me as well. Lang be a lumbreak. <laughs> Well, even though the shelves at Nemo's hardware store are groaning with adapters and connectors and doodads and gizmos, here's a new one from the clever people at Kenex or Kenex, K-A-N-E-X, the iAdapt, I-A-D-A-P-T, 7-in-1 multiport USB-C hub and card reader from Kenex. It is a little strip about an inch wide, quarter inch thick, and about four inches long with two USB ports sticking out of it that go into the side of your MacBook Pro. So you can charge your MacBook Pro while this adapter is in the side of it. And you can also transmit 4K audio and video. So they call that a PD charging and data and video 4K 60 hertz Thunderbolt 3 compatible port. Then you've got an SD card slot, a micro SD card slot, two blue USB 3 ports, and an HDMI at the far end. This is really versatile. In the past, I have not been a huge fan of adapters that stick into the side of computers because weird stuff happens. You forget it's on there. You try to put it in the case. You try to carry it around. This is so slim and so compact. It's so easy just to pull it right out and put it back in when you need it. It is perfectly proportioned and designed in gorgeous space gray color. And the charging USB-C port is clearly marked to distinguish it from the data video USB-C port because they are not the same. So have a look at Kenex iAdapt 7-in-1 multi-port USB-C hub card reader. If you have a MacBook Pro, this will be for $80 US, a very versatile hub adapter extension it fits right in beautifully and allows you to plug in everything you need for the ports that are not included and are missing from Apple. I like the way Kinex comes up with solutions for things we really need. The two USB-C Thunderbolt 3 plugs that stick out fit perfectly right into the slots on the side of the MacBook Pro. So a lot of design, engineering, and care has gone in to this adapter hub. Well-built, robustly constructed, and sleekly designed. I'll be testing it out on Friday with everybody who comes to my Mac Nemo workshop held here at Nemo's Hardware Store. I'd like to end the year and begin a new year with two tributes. The first to our Slack group. You hear it mentioned every week. We really have a lively and helpful and communicative bunch 
of friends, internet friends, in our Slack group. I thank Donnie for getting us started with Slack years ago. And also, Donnie was so helpful when I decided to get my new iPad. He helped me save $150 with a discount that I was not aware of. So the Slack is helpful for photography, for tech tips, for all sorts of crazy fun stuff. So thanks to everybody who participates in our Slack group. I'm on it every day. I enjoy it very much, and I appreciate what everybody else does to keep our Essential Apple Slack group lively and fresh and vital. If you're not on it, get on it. Finally, I want to thank Simon for being the mastermind of Essential Apple. Keep the flame burning. Keep the fires roaring. Keep the natives from being restless. Great interviews. Great collaboration. Nemo's Hardware Store is proud and honored to be a fixture here at the Essential Apple Podcast. So welcome to 2020, and let's have a good, clear vision of what we're going to do over the next year, the next decade, with our personal tech, as described and enjoyed, Nemo's Hardware Store, Essential Apple, back next week. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say, if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, Or even, if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh... Bart Shots and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to mymac.com, take a look at the available podcasts, and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Shots, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. again another time. Until then, goodbye.
little green light on my printer now, so I guess that means it's charged. Mm -hmm. I'll have a little play with that now. Well, you've got a Wi-Fi connection. Yes. That's a question. How, how do you know what's connected? Does it, does it give you an indication? I presume it does. I, I've no idea. I've not read the instructions yet, so uh, oh, right. I'm going to have to go and have a look. It doesn't, it's one of these that comes with a card with three steps on it. You know, charge it, put the paper in it, mm -hmm. oh, and download the app. So perhaps it doesn't. Perhaps you don't right. need to connect over over Bluetooth or anything. Yeah, you so. probably just have an app that beams it to it. Yeah. Yes, no, I'd, I'd find the other area with. Um, I've got a Fujifilm XF10 uh, camera, and you can connect oh, right. it via Bluetooth to you know, get the. Um, uh, what's the word? Where, where you are? All right, G yeah. G GPS. G GPS uh, for the for the, the picture. And oh, that's cool. They, update, they updated the software the other day there, and of course it broke the connection to the app. Oh. Could I get this blooming thing to reconnect to the app? Tried and I tried and I tried and eventually gave up. So I sat down the other night there. I'll just give it another go. And yeah, obviously with the age, your eyesight's not as good as it used to be. Looking at the small print on the, the app, yeah, do this, do that. Oh, Craig, okay, fine. Tried it and it worked first time. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice when things do work first time. Yeah. It's not always. <laughs> oh yeah. I bought myself some uh, i've got hive um so i bought myself some hive sensors before mm -hmm. christmas i still haven't got them working i tried once and it failed two or three times and i thought oh i'll come back to this another time yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> that, i'll look at that another yeah I, I did that with my new television i bought a you know tv in the black friday and um it's you know obviously got wi-fi in it and i was trying to get it to connect to my router couldn't get it to connect tried all kinds of passwords all combinations. They finally gave up. Then they realised why it wouldn't connect. I plugged in the Ethernet cable in the back of it. Oops. Yeah. Wonderful. There we are. It's nice to hear stories like that to know that you're not the only one. <laughs> yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, you know, new technology battle pissed old mm. hack. <laughs> That's, that's, um, used to be um, that was private eye. They used to have a a, a column called the Street of Shame, where they would send up um, you know the goings on in Fleet Street. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, it had a little cartoon at the top, which was like a yeah, a obviously somewhat hungover journo um, typing, and on the screen it said, yeah, "New technology, pistol hack." <sighs> And that was their little header for that piece. But uh, back in the days when I think um, there were still journos uh, hanging around Fleet Street who spent most of their time in the pub, the you know, Jeffrey Bernard yes. is unwell era, and who was apparently notorious drunkard. Thus the byline, whenever he was too, in too bad a state to send in his copy, the editor would, Jeffrey Bernard is unwell. Oh dear. That's where the line came from. Apparently, when he when he was in a fit state to write, he was very very good. So they never fired him for being a terrible drunkard. They you know, <laughs> took what they could get. Put up with him, yeah. Yeah, strange. You think you, you know, and you think, blimey, really? Was the world really like that? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yes, it was. Yeah. But but uh, people drank while working. Train drivers. Oh yeah. 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 Going to I have a couple uh... of pints between shifts. I have nine working days left of my working life. 
Right. Yeah. No, I retire on the tenth of January. No, until when he retires. Got ten, nine working days to go. <laughs> Not till next Christmas. That's right. So you won't be seeing me in the new year. <laughs> no, she said until next Christmas. Oh, oh until next Christmas. All oh, right. Yeah, so I thought you meant until I pop my clogs. No, is it when he's counting down? Indeed. Well, I I, I talked to uh, to um, Simon about the fact that I might start my own podcast, but it's still a thought at the moment. I'll see how I get how I get on once I'm retired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I must say but, it does take up considerably more time than people think. It's not just the hour I'm sure. and a half, yeah. two hours. This is, you know, that um, I'm not. I don't. I'm not being that in a in a bad way, but you know, you do no, find no. yourself throughout the week. Sort of. I mean, the Slack group is brilliant because it means you know I'm not the only one scouring the news, and that's why we have the possible stories because stories get lumped in there, and then you can scroll back through them. You, but you know, you do find yourself making notes of, oh, we could talk about that. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and then yes. writing the notes, yes. and then there's editing the show and doing the show uh, art, updating the, updating your website and hosting yeah, it, all those things. All those things. I mean, yeah, it, it's slightly worse. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's slightly worse because obviously, put it on Pinecast, then I put it on Essential Apple, and I put it on my Mac as part of my Mac. Then I put it on, um, at some point I will put it on uh, um, uh, SoundCloud. No, it goes on to Spotify automatic. Um, and then I, uh, when I get round to it, then I, trans, I transcode it into an MP4 suitable for YouTube and I put it on YouTube. So, you know, I do make some rods on my own back, to some extent. <laughs> <laughs> especially, as, especially as like SoundCloud and YouTube, you seem to get about two views a month. But there you go, whatever. Oh well, I, I used to I used to post up uh, podcasts for my railway society. Um, the, the shows were actually made by two chaps, and they put it on the website. And I said, well, well, if you want to get it out further afield, I'll put it up on iTunes for you. And that was mm. the time when I had uh, a web website through iWeb. Oh right, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I used to put it, post it up for for them. Uh, but that was that was quite simple. But I think it's more complicated trying to do it. Um, well, and it, it doesn't have to be. I mean, you know, I have kind of made a rod for my own back because I insist on mm. doing copious show notes and, you know, formatting them and putting them up and pasting them all over the place. But, I mean, if you just want to do a podcast with a few simple notes saying, you know... If you post it to iTunes, would it not come up on all the other feeds? Uh, well, it goes to iTunes. Mm-hmm. I, but you'd actually do it through... If you send it to iTunes, does it not feed out to their different uh, other formats? Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, I go... Um, uh, Pinecast hosts it for us. Mm-hmm. They then um, send it to about uh, six different services, um, including... All oh, right, so they, they do that for you. That's right, okay. part of the, That goes... Then that, um, when you post something on... When I post something on... Um, Pinecast, mm-hmm. they then um, send that, um, they send the uh, RSS to about, yeah. they send the RSS link to Spotify, um, mm-hmm. iTunes, Apple Music as it is now, whatever, or Apple Podcast, um, mm-hmm. Google Play, uh, which only works in the state, um, and about six other sort of uh, podcast aggregating services. Um, so, and then that obviously then goes out, so that 
one people like Overcast and Stickart, Castro and whatnot can pick it up. Um, so yeah, that that is that is what Pwncast is for. Um, right. Okay. We, we pay them for the, the little bit of storage space, and then they do they take basically a huge amount of back end work off you. Mm-hmm. So posting it there I, is quite simple. <clears throat> yeah, I, I it was a good thing when it was out. Mm. It's the pity it's gone now. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of people missed that. You know, yeah. when they did away with that, mm-hmm. so. it certainly made it simple for me to post, post up the podcast for them. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I just put a page up, and you could get it from there. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I think I'll need to go go from the messages. Yep. So thanks, lads. Been a pleasure. Yeah, good to talk have to you. Nice yep, have a don't nice too, don't new year. Drunk. Yeah, don't get, don't get arrested. Oh no, I shan't be leaving my house, mate. I'm <laughs> <laughs> you and enjoy doing your punting. Yeah, indeed. Oh well, thank you. You'll be finding little stickers all over the place. <laughs> yes. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, See you guys. Cheers, lads. Bye. 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 Bye.